0: And let's dive in. I want to tune in here and share some practical advice that we can use to help us to cope with the now near ban on traveling outside. So, obviously, we're in our near lockdown now. The news has been announced by Boris. It's going to be a really stressful and challenging time for all of us. And no matter who we are and how successful we are in our career or in our personal lives, this will be a time that's challenging and it will be a time that will test us and it will test our ability to be there for the people that we care about and so that being said I want to share some strategies that will help us during this time stuff that I've used in my own life stuff that I think is pertinent and relevant and stuff that I'm working with with some of my coaching clients and a theme that I think is really important right now and that's the theme of resilience and developing that theme along the way so Let me start there. Those of you who have just tuned in right now, my name is Prash, Prash Kotecha, of Stress to Success and Urban Spirituality. It's been a pleasure to be here and join you guys. So, without further ado, let's talk about what's happened here. The rules of the game have changed, and they are changing constantly as this story unfolds. The public will not be allowed to go out. We will need to be home-based. Those laws are more stringent. We're only going to be able to go out for emergency shopping and once a day exercise, according to Boris, once a day exercise and only key workers will be allowed to commute to their workplaces. Everybody else is stuck indoors. Now, for those of you who've got families, children, this is tough as it is when we have half term, it's hard as it is. But when you are stuck 24-7 with people, it can be really challenging. So let me talk about three different strategies that I'd like to share that could help us along the way. First and foremost is simplification, simplifying our life. This should be obvious to us. We're, gonna, we're naturally restricted in the foods that we can eat, the choices that we have. We can't go and watch cinema films. We can't go out and do a lot of things. So we're naturally restricted anyway. This is about embracing That simplicity. Not fighting it, but embracing it. A lot of people work too hard and fight it. What I want to encourage people to do is to start embracing simplicity. That means simplifying our lifestyle. It means simplifying our daily routine. It means shaking it up when we need to. We're creatures of variety, but we also require some degree of structure. So it means simplifying our life and separating our needs from our wants. Too many of us confuse our wants for needs when they're not actually needs at all. They're just wants. So starting to recognize what is crucial to us is key. And the best way to help simplify is identify what is the number most, the topmost thing that is important for you right now. For most people, it's going to be our health and safety and the health and safety of our dependents or loved ones. If we establish that and hold that as the paramount goal of our upcoming few weeks, our journey together in this same household. And by health and safety, I don't just mean physical health, I mean our emotional health, our mental health. So if we establish, all of us, that our health and safety and those health and safety factors for those who live with us is the number one thing, then it becomes easier to identify and then separate our needs from our wants. And that's what we've got to do. We start to separate our needs from our wants, identify those things that that are crucial, right, Making food, having some amount of exercise, having some sort of hobby or pastime, getting the work done that we've got to do for our work. If we're remotely working, if we're business owners, maybe we need to be working on our business rather than in our business at the moment. Once we understand what we're doing, it's mean, it, it means that we need to now separate those wants from our needs. Once we've got those activities locked down, we also want to start to simplify our thinking. This really extends to th- Thinking as well. See, here's the problem. We're overwhelmed by media coming in. We need to practice sensual portion control. You know, like when we're on a diet, we're always encouraged to restrict what we eat. So, the same way we're restricting calories during intermittent fasting or when we're dieting, the same thing we can apply to our media ingestion. We can start to have sensual portion control. Portion control over what we let in through our ears, what we see, becoming more judicious about what we watch, what we don't watch and which media outlets we listen to and which we don't will allow us to start to liberate some of that precious bandwidth that we've got in our brain and use it for both our livelihoods, give some back to our family because we're going to be a lot closer. So there'll be a fair amount of giving to be done. And thirdly, to actually look at creating hobbies, to create some interests that might actually help us and serve to grow. And I'll come on to that in a second. So simplification is the first one. The second S is the need to top up our tolerance batteries. So our tolerance batteries, as I call them, (laughs) and our selflessness batteries need a topping up. Listen, our patience will be tested. Space will be limited. We're all going to be in this finite amount of space in our properties we're going to need to learn to become more forgiving and more compliant with other members of the household we may have to let go of more we may have to give in more we may have to be more forgiving when they do things that annoy us because the fact of the matter is we ourselves are just as likely to annoy somebody else as we are it's going to be a real interesting time to start to assess human behavior and emotions and so, if we can learn to share our space more leniently, more amiably, it's going to be beneficial for everyone. And this is the time to get our ego in check. Our ego will want to have things our way. This is the time to recognize that we need to start to establish what I call mental curfews for TV, for media, for food consumption. Focus on ourselves, and then others, and our other selves as well. Becoming more selfless, um, being more choosy about where we spend our time and at the same time being more generous so for example if you're sharing the same space maybe we can establish boundary controls. so you can have the kids can have the tv in the morning your spouse can have the tv in the afternoon you get the tv in the evening next week switch it up or at the weekend switch it up start to establish a rotor one of my coaching clients uh, their kid said hey mommy can we have a schedule you know, just like they get a half term. They want a schedule for every day. So listen, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we can all benefit from having a schedule that we can start to apply in our day to day behavior so we can share the space, look to have dinner at the same time, start to have some exercise with the family. So if you're taking break at lunch, if you're with your loved ones in the house, you can start doing exercise together. There are many things that you can start to do together. And there's some great people in these communities who have fitness and home workout tips and exercises that we can do. And I wanna leave this section with a really specific tip. Before you react or respond to somebody or something that's annoying you, especially before you say something that you might regret to somebody who you're living with in this confined space, take several breaths, pause, count, to town, count down from 10, and then respond. So I'll say that again. Take several deep breaths, pause, count down from 10 to 1. And as you do so, ask yourself will the thing or the reaction or the emotion that you're going to apply in responding to that situation or person will it serve this situation right now? If it doesn't, pause. Don't say it. Okay, so start to become more tolerant increase our tolerance batteries and our selflessness batteries that leaves me with tip number three tip number three is really a realization that we should all have dawned upon us by now and if it's not already abundantly obvious to so many of us out there and that is the need to become more spiritual and i'm not necessarily talking about the faith-based version of spiritual and if you have a faith or a religion and this chance to be indoors allows you to deepen your faith. Great. But what I'm talking about is the realization that this life is temporary. To recognize the fragility of life. Knowing that there's death around us. Embracing our mortality. You know, embracing our mortality and rec- and recognizing our immortality. It's a powerful contradiction, right? Many of us recognize that, and certainly I'm a believer, that we are eternal beings having a human experience so this is an interesting time to learn these dualities that on the one hand recognizing that life is precious it's fragile that we have to embrace our mortality recognize that our time may come sooner than we might think but also recognize that we're immortal beings having this small flickering snapshot of a life that we're living through See, recognizing the dualities in life is part of spiritual growth. And the more we start to recognize the dualities of life, right? Happiness, distress, boredom, entertainment, joy, loss. Once we start to recognize these dualities, we can start to transcend them. And that is the goal, my friends, for us to transcend the dualities of life, no matter what faith, background, race, religion or culture we are. To start to transcend these dualities and not get overly swayed is the message that ancients have been teaching us for years. Maybe this is a time, maybe, for us to start to take this on board. And you know, the thing is this, it's a. Nut, it's also a great time for us to connect with the household. Those social media entrees, we can now Substitute to get time with the family, to eat together, to work out together, as I said, to wake up and meditate together. Listen, flaws will be highlighted. It's a good time to see the good in others, right? Thirdly, it's time to face some inner demons. We all have a story, a story that's been running inside us, a story that says, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to achieve this. I'm not capable enough. I don't deserve this. Or I did this happen to me and therefore I'm this. Or playing the victim card. Listen, our stories are running the large part of our waking life. Our subconscious minds dictate over 90% of our choices, our actions and our behaviors in our waking state. And this subconscious mind is being programmed with stories that we're living. We're reliving stories from the past that are not serving us. This, my friends, is a great time for us to recognize the existence of a program, a story that's running our life and starting to question those choices that we're making that may not have served us. It's a time for introspection. And this is all part of this spiritual growth, right? It's a time for introspection, a time for asking some of the hard questions, why we are where we are in life. What has led us here and what can we do to start to change the direction that our life will eventually take when this, when we get beyond this? And that is to say, what can this time, this time of trouble teach us? It's starting to recognize the incidents that happen in our life as our teacher. What can they teach us? What can we learn from this? And what can we start to put into practice? So again, it's a time to tame our inner critic. To quieten our story and to break that pattern that the story, that hold that the story has over us. It's time to interrupt our inner critic by examining what lies underneath. And a great tip and a tool to do that is, you know I'm going to say it, meditation. Meditation and mindfulness are two powerful tools coupled with non-fiction reading of material that helps us to start to ponder, get a bit more philosophical about life. No matter what age we are, listen, you don't have to be in your 50s and 60s and 70s to get philosophical. Any person at any age, I got philosophical at the age of 16. I lost my mom and I started to ask, what's it all about? What's life about? Where did my mom go? I got philosophical from that age and it was the best decision I could have made. It's helped me to be the person I am today and it's helped me to become resilient to life's challenges. It's helped me to be a coach, a mentor and help people in this life. And that's what I invite you to do to become your own teachers and to become an example for others by doing the hard work that we need to do by becoming philosophical introspecting facing up to some of our inner demons and using the tool of meditation and mindfulness to do so it's a vehicle and therefore it's a practice that can be embedded in even for five to ten minutes a day Just start by doing something simple. DM me if you want to have more tips. There are many great people who teach meditation. I'm more than happy to share some tips with you. DM me. But this is the time to do that. And really what I want to say as two practical tips. Alongside practicing or embedding some kind of meditation or mindfulness. It doesn't have to be in the morning. But it has to be somewhere in the day. The second thing is practice gratitude. Twice in the day. First in the morning as you wake up. And lastly, as you hit the sack and as you lay down on the pillow, practice gratitude these two times. Listen, by deliberately practicing gratitude, deliberate gratitude, it starts to focus our mind and our consciousness on what is possible and what is achievable rather than what we're lacking and what we're missing out on. And that leads me to FOMO. My saying of the night is we need to move away from FOMO the fear of missing out and move towards what I call Jogi, J-O-G-I, the joy of going inside. I'll say that again. We need to move from FOMO, the fear of missing out, to Jogi, the joy of going inside. Inside here and inside here. This is the time to go in here and in here and to be a mechanic on our own mind and consciousness and weed out like a surgeon would the things that no longer serve us, disinfect ourselves from old habit patterns, old thinking, old limitations, by introspection, by meditation, by self-questioning, by helping, by having other family members hold us accountable, and by reading and studying material outside of our career or profession that would help us. So I think if we take these strategies on board, Again, in summary, we've talked about simplifying our life, simplifying our choices, our thoughts, our decisions, the food we eat and the space that we live in. Increasing our tolerance levels are uh, topping up our tolerance batteries and our selflessness meters so we can really learn to develop the additional patience living with people in a close space, giving up more, renouncing more so that others can have embracing austerity. And thirdly starting to embrace spirituality and weaving it into the very fabric of our day-to-day existence while we're at home, then we really will be able to get through this individually, as a family, as a society and as a nation. We will get through. So that's it from me. I hope that this short live has been of value. It's a lot to take in, but I promise you, if you take some of this on board, Take it from somebody who's lived this and who breathes this. It will make a powerful impact in your life and in the life of the people that you live with. And thereby, you'll start to make your home environment a place that is worth living, that is survival friendly. And you will get through this. We'll all get through this together.